This is Encore Performances, reconnecting with friends of GBA. I'm your host, Joel Carson, the Executive Director of the Geoprofessional Business Association. GBA is known for engaging with amazing speakers at our conferences, and in this series, we reconnect with past keynotes that have become old friends of GBA to see where life has taken them and learn from their journey. They are American heroes, best-selling authors, business leaders, executive coaches, all experts in their field and brilliantly engaging. I hope you enjoy reconnecting with these friends of GBA as much as I do. Today I'm reconnecting with a globally known expert and keynote speaker from our 2018 spring conference that was held in the Windy City, Chicago. And I'm really excited to have my longtime friend and a friend of GBA with me today. Bob Kelleher is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and consultant. He travels the globe sharing his insights on employee engagement, leadership, and workforce trends. And he's a prolific writer. He's the author of the best-selling books, Louder Than Words, 10 Practical Employee Engagement Steps That Drive Results, Creative Ship, a novel for evolving leaders, Employee Engagement for Dummies, and I Engage, Your Personal Engagement Roadmap. After spending 25 years in the engineering world with AECOM and Enser, Bob founded the Employee Engagement Group a global survey products and consulting firm working with leadership teams to enhance leadership and employee engagement. Today, Bob continues to present to and consult with AEC companies and is the founder and host of AEC Industries HR Summit, an annual conference which has become the industry's largest gathering of HR professionals. It is great to talk to you again, Bob, welcome. Joe, I am delighted to be here with you uh, and my friends from GBA. Uh, it's funny, I was uh, reviewing with my wife, you know, my agenda for today, it's action-packed. And, and when I mentioned GBA, uh, she said, wow, um, you love those people, don't you? And I, you know, I started laughing and I said, you know, uh, I don't know what it is about the membership of GBA, but uh, they've kind of morphed from uh, professional colleagues to friends. Uh, so, Joel, I don't know what it is about your association, but uh, some of the gone uh, down nicest people I've uh, met, and certainly, you know, you lead the way with that. Oh, thank you very much. I'd like to get started uh, with employee engagement. Obviously, you're the expert in this. Um, when we were together in 2018, you defined engagement as unlocking employee potential to drive high performance. You also shared with us some alarming statistics about employee engagement, which has been measured to be very low in the workforce. And that was even before this crisis hit. So talk, talking about the impact of this crisis and how it has had an impact on employee engagement and, and really what leaders should be doing now to address and improve engagement and participation of employees during this unprecedented time. Yeah, um, Joel, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some uh, maybe some surprisingly optimistic uh, insights first before I kind of give you a little bit more of a darker outlook. Um, Gallup, which is really the granddaddy of uh, studying workplace engagement statistics over the years, uh, they they recently came up with a um, 
new study on their kind of landmark, the state of engagement in North American companies and concluded um, that today, uh, in spite of the pandemic, workplace engagement has shown uh, its highest levels in their uh, 15 years of recording workplace engagement. Now it's incremental. I think it went up to 35% engaged, right? So you're still looking at a uh, rather dismal 65% of engagement are actively disengaged. Um, but you know, from a trend standpoint, it showed what many thought was a surprising uptick. So I think us in the world of engagement, when we look at this, we take a step back and we ask, well, why is that? Well, I, I think there has been an overall uptick uh, in engagement based on the new flexibility that we all find ourselves in, um, you know, relating to um, virtual employment, right? You know, we, we all have seen um, increases in the flexible workplace. So we're, you know, we're working at home. In fact, in the A&E industry, as, as you know, uh, organizations have seen maybe a down, downward uh, trend in maybe overall, overall revenue, but in many cases it's being offset by increases in profit and increases in workplace productivity. Um, so, you know, we're seeing uh, I think a paradigm shift, right? We always feared that if we couldn't see our employees, they wouldn't be as productive. But what we're seeing is real-time evidence that we're seeing a gain in workplace productivity. People are commuting less. Uh, maybe they're in fewer meetings. So productivity gains are going up and engagement scores are, are, are incrementally going up. Now, good news, I guess, on that front. However, it worries me. I, I believe that uh, the gains we've seen will be short-lived. I, I think uh, humans tend to be uh, social creatures. And I think if uh, we continue to see uh, more and more uh, weeks and months of remote workplaces, I think we will see uh, productivity gains slipping. I think we will see engagement gains slipping that the excitement of you know getting to know your neighbors and walking the dog a couple of times a day and working out anytime you want offset by you know uh, working maybe uh, later in the afternoon than you would normally work or working earlier in the mornings i think i think it's going to catch up to us joel and 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 i worry about the long-term impact of the pandemic uh, on workplace productivity and workplace engagement so what should leaders be doing to pay attention to that concern that you have? And I think we all share it. Yeah, don't, don't take for granted the productivity gains um, uh, being long lasting, meaning uh, at some point in time, we're going to see a dip, you know, this, this, this kind of, um, you know, uptick in pro productivity, I think will, will begin to go down. And I believe we run the risk of leaders then, kind of going back to more of a draconian leadership style to try to get those productivity gains up to maybe an unrealistic level. Uh, um, so maybe uh, more empathy that these gains are more short-term gains and not a long-term uh, fix to maybe some short-term 
backlog losses, right? So, you know, don't, don't look at productivity gains that came from the remote workplace as the solution to maybe some uh, shortfalls with uh, backlog. Mm -hmm. uh, continue to check in on your employees. Uh, this is really hard to do, Joel. I'm a, I'm a boss myself and I'm managing a, a, you know, a virtual workforce. And it's really easy to use the, you know, I have a daily, uh, I call it the water cooler checkup. Every morning at nine o'clock, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with my team and, you know, we have some agenda items. We try to use it as, hey, you know, what's going on? How's your family? Um, but it's so easy to use that in lieu of your one-on-one -on -one check-ins. So normally when you see people around, you could drop into someone's office, they can drop into your office. Uh, when you lose that, you have to manufacture that. You have to build that back in. So the advice I have for leaders uh, is twofold. Don't forget your Zoom department meetings. Make sure people turn on the Zoom camera. Don't don't let them, you know, get off with just a conference call. There's a benefit to seeing people even, even via Zoom. Uh, but don't, don't use that as your one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you have to build in uh, more programmed one-on-one -on -one time where when you see your team in the office, it's more natural. These one-on-one -on -one meetings just occur where I think in this virtual world we find ourselves in, you have to program them into your work week. Yeah. Yeah. You talked a lot with us about the importance of empathy for great leaders. And you just touched on that empathy that being so important during good times when the economy is strong and predictable. And now it seems even more important showing the concern about the well-being of employees, about them as people uh, seems to be even more important now. Yeah, and you know, luckily, uh, you know, I've always said this, Joe, in this industry, right? We work with some of the smartest people. Uh, you know, you and I are blessed. Uh, we have uh, we have focus um, niches um, that uh, consist of incredibly smart people, right? But there are also people that tend to be, you know, highly analytical, highly, um, you know, left brain focused. Um, but what I've learned about the engineering science mind is empathy might not be the natural default with many, but in times of stress, it is a default. And what we're seeing, I believe, uh, is an increase in natural empathetic leaders inside this industry. My concern, will it be fatiguing? Meaning, uh, will we, will we uh, kind of have COVID fatigue uh, uh, and kind of revert back to, you know, hey, you know, we're running a business. So how do we, how do we uh, continue to uh, um, really uh, help leaders um, to lead with their empathetic um, hand during these times? Because as we continue down this path, Joel, I think I think we're going to maybe lose a little bit of that uh, natural empathetic um, leadership style that we've all seen. You know, people have stepped up. You know, one thing to you know use as an example, right? Early on, we viewed the employee who's stocking shelves 
at Lowe's or Home Depot or Costco or the, uh, um, you know, the delivery person who's bringing your meal to your front steps because you're afraid to go into a restaurant or the restaurant's not yet open, right? We view these people almost analogous with healthcare workers, right? They were first respondents. But increasingly, we're seeing that change, right? You know, we're seeing people now uh, upset when they're being asked to wear a mask by the person who's the greeter at Costco. And you're seeing conflict. So, you know, you sit back and you say, well, what happened to the, you know, the heroes that we viewed as these frontline workers? You know, why has that changed all of a sudden? And, and I think it's, you know, it's the COVID fatigue, right? People are frustrated at having to, you know, live in a world that is different than the world that they want to go back to. And is that going to happen in the workplace? Are we going to start reverting back to, you know, a leadership style that, you know, maybe is an, is an optimum when it comes to being the empathetic leader? Yeah, that's a good reminder for us that we're all in this together and that we all have to continue to be empathetic, show caring about uh, our employees and, uh, and all the people that we interact with on a daily basis. Just so important. Great message. Yeah. And, you know, there's such an unknown in front of us. Like I was uh, with an AE client the other day uh, with about 22 people on a Zoom meeting and we were doing kind of a debrief and we were talking about um, you know, managing during these times, right? And someone said, you know, you can manage through anything when you know there's an ending. And the challenges we all have is the uncertainty, right? We don't know when is the other side. I think we all can manage to get to the other side, but it's the sense of uncertainty and its impact on our respective businesses uh, that I think is really uh, uh, is what is the stress point of tomorrow, you know, um, you know, just leading through, uh, um, you know, the fatigue of it. And you see it even following the sports teams, right? You know, we were all excited when our local teams were coming back. And then, you know, you start seeing the pandemic, you know, shutting down some baseball games and, and uh, in the national football league, increasingly you're seeing some, players take their names out you know they're not going to play this year and just when you're thinking we're back to normal you realize we're not back to normal right it's you know and kind of the letdown and the collective letdown we as fans or uh, employees within companies have when you have a client uh, uh, put a stall on a win that you had counted on right uh, maybe they're stalling getting going because they're uncertain on uh, their revenue stream if it's a municipal client. Um, so, you know, just, just, just the uncertainty, I think, and, um, you know, how that impacts us as employees and us as leaders. Yeah. Yeah, it really is going to take uh, strong leadership to get through this for our businesses. And uh, so leaders really need to step up now. Um, and, you know, communicate. Um, it, it's funny, Joel, I, I've seen... I've been so proud of leaders in this industry who, you know, maybe they're not natural communicators, but they came out of the gate, uh, not just with COVID, but, you know, the social unrest uh, and issues around uh, diversity and equity and inclusion. And I've just been so proud of this industry uh, 
uh, to step up, right? And, you know, they did a great job of communicating and, you know, kind of filling that communication void. Well, it's not over. You know, the communication need is ongoing, including communicating um, that we are in uncertain times, right? You know, being vulnerable as a leader, you know, one of the greatest traits um, that Jim Collins highlighted in his uh, work when he wrote uh, From Good to Great was the level five leader and the willingness to be vulnerable and the willingness for a leader to say, I don't know what 2021 is going to look like. Uh, I'm hopeful, but, you know, to kind of be in there with the trenches of uncertainty with employees, but don't stop communicating. If there are, you know, fewer things to communicate, you know, communicate that uh, we are all in the unknown and the uncertainty together and we'll communicate uh, uh, ongoing, even if it's to communicate that there's nothing to communicate, uh, but we're caring about you. And, you know, we care about the business and we care about you as employees. We care about your own families and we'll continue to have real-time communication with you as we know what's going on. Yeah, great point. So let me talk about life work balance for a second. So in 2018, you shared your observations about that increasing blending of work and life morphing together. Little did we know how much more blended they would be. I was, yeah, I was a visionary, I guess, in 2018. <laughs> As we've experienced these long periods of working of, at home in the past few months. And so now as we all look to the future, how is this merging of professional and personal lives going to impact the future for our businesses? Yeah, uh, you know, great question um, uh, and not a simple answer, but a great question, Joel. Um, let's talk about kind of the good news first. I think what has happened is we have gone fast forward turbo speed in getting reluctant people to embrace the virtual workforce on board, right? You know, we've had no choice. So if you were one of the naysayers, old fashioned, I need to see you to see that, you know, you're doing work. Uh, we all were thrown in the swimming pool in the deep end, even the reluctant people. And we've come to realize that, you know, it can work. Like the virtual workforce can absolutely work. And, you know, by testimony of the workforce gains that we've seen with productivity numbers going up, billability going up in the industry. So I think on the plus side, uh, we've brought along the laggards. The laggards have been brought along to us early adopters to realize that, you know, when someone is working at home, they're not cheating, they're not stealing from the company, they're working in a different way. They're, you know, they might be uh, attending a virtual workout class at 11 o'clock, that's okay, because at 12, 12 o'clock, you know, they're on a conference call and they're working from 6 to 8 p.m., even though they had to take care of their children from, you know, 2 to 4 as they rotate uh, you know, homeschooling with their spouse, right? So, so I, I view that as really positive. Uh, what I, I see we're going to morph into, I um, see we're going to have a blended workforce going forward. And the blend is going to consist as follows. I think we're going to want people, in particular the millennials, I think the social need to connect. I think people are going to want to go back to a five-day work week. And, I, and I'm going to say that might be 25, 33% of the workforce. 
Uh, and I'm speculating a bit, but I think these are some of the statistics we're seeing out there. Uh, and I think we as leaders need to structure the work environment to welcome them back. Uh, I think we're going to have people, uh, people like me, uh, people maybe like you that have already embraced uh, being virtual and have figured out that, hey, I can be very productive uh, working, uh, working uh, in a remote way almost full time. In fact, I, uh, my, my lease in my um, office just came up um, and we did not renew. It was due for renewal August 1. We checked with my team and we collectively uh, said, uh, you know, we need to get together maybe on site when things normalize uh, one, two days a week, but we don't need to work five days a week. In fact, we're more productive. We're using Zoom, we're using technology. So I think, I think there'll be a population who will say, hey, uh, unless you really need me to pop in, I'm, I'm okay with this virtual workforce. Uh, then I think, um, and, you know, and that might be uh, 25% uh, of us, uh, Joel. And I think there's gonna be the majority. I think about 50% of the workforce will say, I don't need to drive into downtown Chicago. Right. Like I've been commuting three hours a day. What if I come in Tuesdays and Thursdays? Uh, can, can we work so that I can be virtual Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? There's going to be an environmental stewardship impact. Um, uh, I, think my, uh, I think my personal productivity game will go up. Uh, my engagement will go up because I'm not going to be sitting in the car or public trans, you know, transportation, you know, uh, 15 hours a week. Um, so I think the human resource experts, um, the workplace experts, leaders are going to have to come up with a new model, Joel, that's going to be a checkerboard of some are going to be full-time virtual, some are going to be a hybrid, and some are going to be coming in every day. And how do we manage that? Because that's going to require a different management technique than we historically have had in the past. Yeah, flexibility and adaptability, I think, are going to be really important words for us as we go forward. Yeah, and the need for the leader to understand how to lead differently, how to lead people that are virtual and that's their, that's their full-time model. How are they going to lead people that want to sign up for this blended, I'm in the office, but I'm also home. And how are you gonna you know, work with the people that are coming in every day? And how about the leader who wants to be blended, but their <laughs> employees are coming in every day, right? You know, I don't even think, Joel, we know what we don't know yet in terms of what it's going to look like tomorrow, other than it's going to look different. Right, for sure. So I've had a chance to ask my friends and colleagues the following question, which I think is uh, an opportunity for a message of hope. I've asked them to fill in the blank to this statement. The silver lining in all of this is blank. The silver lining in all of this is the appreciation for one's health. The silver lining in all of this is the appreciation for the health of my family and my coworkers and people I care about. The silver lining in all of this is to slow down. I don't need to be on flights every single week as I was pre-pandemic. I don't need to be traveling to meetings 
with the stress and the time and the expense of traveling to meetings that I can actually attend meetings like you and I are doing right now in which they're very effective. The silver lining in all of this is the collective spirit of empathetic leadership that we are seeing, I think, more caring in the workplace than we've ever seen before, Joel. Uh, I'm seeing it every day. So I, you know, I view on the other side a, a, um, a residual of this, that we won't be as, um, you know, the first default to jump in a client meeting on site at the expense and time, maybe we'll ask for the Zoom meeting. Maybe we can uh, have a Zoom for our uh, offsite instead of bringing 20 people together on flights. Um, I think the silver lining on this will be the renewed appreciation on how to leverage technology to get our jobs done. Um, you know, just, just my little business. We've been going fast and furious with a whole new e-learning module rollout. So how do we do training and development in a new way that's innovative, right? And it plays more maybe in what the millennials are looking for rather than what I've been trying to push to them. <laughs> so I think, I think as we come out the other side, uh, there's going to be a new appreciation uh, uh, for, you know, time with my neighbors, time with the family, uh, time to leverage technology to make my life easier rather than... Uh, have it be a last resort. A lot of silver linings. I, I agree with you and uh, so much gratitude there. So um, I appreciate you sharing your silver linings with us. Um, and I do want to hit on some of what you alluded to in your silver linings response. Um, you know, you have traveled extensively around the world and spent many of your days on airplanes and nights in hotels. And, uh, and so now where are you in the and the employee engagement group focusing your time for your clients now that you're not traveling around all, all over? Yeah, well, you know, there's the reality of it, Joel, and I won't, you know, uh, be Pollyanna with you. I know you too well. You know, our backlog disappeared 75% overnight, you know, March 13th. We were a healthy, healthy business with... Um, uh, tremendous backlog and a wonderful uh, group of uh, clients that we did workshops for and uh, a block of keynotes that were all put on hold, literally overnight put on hold. So we've had to learn to, um, you know, quickly adapt. Uh, you know, we had to realize that we're not going to have the same revenue coming in over the next 12 months. It's impossible. So what do we do? How do we how do we look at it um, in, you know, with a new lens? So we have an online certification course. Luckily, we launched before the pandemic, and that's been uh, a terrific success. So we've launched that, and we've increased the number of classes because there are a lot of people that are now home. And it's a wonderful virtual uh, learning opportunity for people that perhaps are more accustomed to having uh, time at home to learn. Uh, we've introduced a series of Zoom keynotes uh, in which we do a keynote talk via a Zoom platform. Um, I have, um, I've joined uh, two, uh, two boards of directors in this industry. Uh, I've taken on a couple of more 
uh, 12-month retainer relationships with clients. Um, so we've uh, been able to backfill and, you know, we uh, do new, more pulse surveys and a COVID-19 survey. A survey business is beginning to come back. Uh, our HR summit, we've had to put that on hold from April to September. That's, you know, that's a huge uh, um, part of our business. You know, it's, uh, these are friends. These are people that have been coming to 10 consecutive summits. We had to delay it from April to September, and now we've had to delay it till next April. So what have we done? We've come up with the first annual uh, Zoom uh, summit, HR Remote, uh, being kicked off September 23rd and 24th, and we're pulling together our virtual platform. So, you know, what we've had to do uh, is, is truly adapt, right? Uh, find uh, find a, a sweet spot, um, you know, and do it in a way that, you know, we can come out the other side stronger. You know, Joel, I'm not going to kid you. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a people person. I, I feed off the energy of a crowd. I can't wait to speak at a GBA event in which I see 250 members, you know, and I can facilitate and I can laugh with them and I can have dinner with them at night. And, you know, I feed off that and, and we will be back. Uh, and, uh, you know, that will be a compliment to the business. It won't be the only business because now we, you know, we now have a technology platform that is more robust than we've ever had before. And we think that will be a nice compliment to returning to, you know, on-site workshops and, you know, on-site meetings with employee groups, you know, uh, that will return and we'll be ready when it returns, but we'll be stronger and more diverse because of what we've gone through. Yeah. So I heard uh, your uh, online certification process. Um, I know about your many books, um, your virtual speaking uh, platform now. So where can our members reach out to you so that they can engage with you on uh, some of these services? Yeah, you know, you know, we own the domain, right? So people can always find, find me, employeeengagement.com. Uh, we always highlight the things that are most pressing. We now have a new section called online. Um, and, you know, they can uh, see the certification course that's coming up. Uh, next one will be in the fall. Probably the most exciting, um, I've been in a while, Joel, and this will be launched in the fall as well. We have a series of online e-learning modules. We'll be kicking off a series of five. We think this is going to be a game changer. You know, historically, I would give a talk at a leadership uh, to a leadership team and people would want more of it, right? Uh, and they would want to bring me in, but my price point's expensive. You know, they can't hire me to give a talk or do a workshop for every one of their business units. Um, so we have a series of e-learning modules that we think are going to be a game changer. Anyone who manages people uh, will be able to have a series of modules uh, that they can do at their own pace that are terrific ways to kind of, you know, help them be better leaders. And the first series will have, um, I think, the hottest topics. It'll be leading um, a diverse workforce, the latest in diversity and equity and inclusion. It'll be how to lead a diverse and blended workforce, right? This is new. Um, how to lead different generations in these times, uh, that's new. Uh, employee engagement's foundation. How do we how do we make sure that leaders understand 
uh, that engagement is a business driver. It's not just a, a you know, nice thing to do. Uh, it, it drives business results. And how to lead with an empathetic hand. Uh, you know, the, the webinar that I did um, two months ago, it topics and it was called Empathy is the New Black. Joel, we got over 1,000 people to that webinar. We had a 90% attendance rate from people who signed up and people who attended. We've never seen anything like it. And it's telling us that people want ideas and they need ways to help them lead with an empathetic hand. So we have a dynamic five series module we're kicking off. And I think anyone who has a series of managers uh, to enroll their managers in these remote modules, I think will be a game changer in helping people be better managers in today's times. Great. So that website again is employeeengagement.com. And, uh, and you can also reach out to Bob directly at rkelleher at employeeengagement.com. And he'd love to connect with you. So Bob. And, and Joe, as a special thank you, uh, I, I mentioned to you the other day, but you know, all members of GBA will be giving a 50% discount uh, if anyone wants to join our HR remote um, summit that's coming up September 23rd, 24th. We tried to keep the overall price point really low. I, I believe it's 245. Your members would uh, join uh, at 50% of that. And we have a dynamic speaker platform uh, including the executive director of GBA. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you'll be uh, speaking at that annual uh, event, uh, which uh, uh, although we hope to be on site next year, we think this uh, remote event's gonna be annual because it's, uh, it, it's been receiving such great buzz. Awesome, awesome. I'm looking forward to that. So Bob, uh, as we conclude here, what message would you like to leave us with? Um, your employees drive your client experience. Uh, your employees, uh, they're seeing an uptick in engagement right now, but your employees are gonna be dealing with COVID fatigue just like we are. I think you're gonna be seeing a drop in productivity gains. I think you're gonna be seeing a drop in engagement. Don't let up, stay on top of the communication with your employees. Reach for opportunities to touch them. Uh, reach for opportunities to connect with your clients. They also are dealing with COVID-19 fatigue, right? So don't use technology as your only way to uh, kind of reach out. Drop notes, handwritten notes to your employees, handwritten notes to your clients. Um, be, be frequent, um, increase touch points during these times, don't decrease. Awesome message. Bob, it is really great to connect with you again. Thank you so much for your contributions to GBA and thank you for your friendship. Okay, Joel, ditto and thank you to all the GBA members out there uh, for your ongoing uh, support of me, my business uh, and your friendship. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encore Performances, reconnecting with friends of GBA. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and listen to future episodes. I'm confident you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. For more great resources to help make you and your business smarter, stronger, and more successful, visit our website at geoprofessional.org. Thank you again for listening. 
to your continued success.